Oh, I'm going to miss that video. <laughs> I'm going to miss that video. Guys, it's so good to see you. So do you ever sit around and think about the things that cause urgency in your life? I'm kind of a nerd like that. And I like to think about those types of things. And so this week I was thinking about the things that cause urgency in your life and my life and see if any of these resonate with what you've experienced before. Okay, so if you've ever flown before, and, you've got, and you land and they tell you, you've got 30 minutes to catch your next flight, what are you automatically feeling? <sighs> like if these people don't get off this plane and get me out of here, I'm gonna like yell at somebody, right? You feel that sense of urgency when you're flying. If you've ever had dinner guests over at your house and if you're like me, when we invite you to dinner, we believe in treating people special when they come over to our house. Well, my wife believed that and she convinced me that I needed to believe that too. And uh, so we make the house smell good and we make it clean. And my wife's an interior designer. And so everything has its place and it's beautiful and everything has to be just so. So I have a checklist. Every time we invite one of you over to our house, I have to make sure I'm getting all this stuff done. And it creates a little bit of a sense of urgency, right? Eric, did you do this? Did you think about this? I've been in here trying to cook. Have you thought about the ice? Have you thought, did you vacuum the, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff? It's a sense of urgency whenever we invite friends and, and family over and things like that. The burrito from last night, <laughs> that will create some urgency and a few other things in your life if you're not careful. So uh, just a PSA there, burrito from last night, that'll create some urgency there. Next one, a lost iPhone. Y'all, I was walking on Friday, uh, fr Friday morning, and uh, I was walking in my neighborhood, and, um, and I actually found an iPhone turned over on the side of the road. And there's nobody around, and I live kind of in a bigger neighborhood where the lots were a little bit bigger and, and that kind of thing, so I had no idea whose phone this was. Do you ever walk by something like that? And, you, and I'm a horrible person. Please don't think less of me. Do you ever walk by something like that and you ask yourself, do I want to get involved today? <laughs> like, do I want to get involved in this situation today? So I did, you know, what you would expect me to do. I just walked on past and I didn't get involved. But God began to convict me and I got 30 paces down the, the driveway. And I was like, what if that was my wife and she lost her phone? What if that was one of my kids? They lost her phone. I started feeling guilty, so I turned around, went back, picked up the phone, and I called the, the latest number that was on the phone, and I said, listen, my name's Eric, and here's where I live, and I found this iPhone, and he was like, oh my gosh, this is my work phone. God bless you. Thank you so much for telling me that this is my phone, and I'm like, see, I did a good deed today, and God reminded me, yes, because I told you to. Now, take, take it back, but yeah, lost iPhone. By the way, if you lose your Android, leave that lost. We don't... <laughs> We don't need any more green texts from you. It stresses us out. This is why we don't invite you to things, right? Oh, leave, that, leave that out. Lost iPhone. There you go. Urgency. The next thing, parenting, right? You're, when, when parenting, like, has anybody else had a child come to you on Sunday evening going, hey, mom, I got this big project tomorrow, dude. And you're going, 
why didn't you tell us this last week? So you're going to Walmart, you're going to Target, you're going to Hobby Lobby, you're creating stuff that you built in the sixth grade for your science project, because that's what you remembered. Parenting is one emergency after another. Our, our kids never ask us, hey, is it okay to have a good time for like an urgent situation? They don't, they just figure, they find that themselves. And then we figure out, yes, parenting is one urgent situation after another. Comparison. How many of you ever felt this? You've ever been scrolling Instagram or Facebook and you see people that have things that you don't have. And all of a sudden in that moment, this little comparison monster kind of like reaches up inside of you and goes, I need to step my game up a little bit. Like I need to become more urgent and more focused about my life because I don't have what they have and now I got to go get what they have. And that little comparison monster, ah, that's just yucky. But that's, that creates a sense of urgency for some of us in our life. Another one is this, pain. It's why we have urgent care. But a lot of the pain that we feel may not be physical. I know for me, the last couple of years and some of the things I've been through in my own physical health, I never thought I'd go through. And it gave me so much an appreciation and empathy for people that are going through pain that I never would have if I hadn't gone through that myself. But a lot of us are not maybe not dealing with physical physical pain. It could be emotional pain, mental health pain. There's all different kinds of pain. But here's what I know. When you're going through pain, it's urgent. Your pain is urgent. My pain is urgent to me. Your pain is urgent to you. And last, when your team is down seven points with two minutes left in the game, it is urgent. And you don't want to see them hand the ball off. You want to see them throw a pass and try to score and tie it up or take the lead. It creates an urgent situation for us as we all follow our teams. But here's what I also know. There's the clock that God has for all of us. God's word actually says, it, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So God has a clock and we don't know what that clock's gonna be. We don't know what that time is gonna be that God is gonna uh, take us home, that we're gonna pass away. But God does. And here's what I know. Because he knows that, it should cause us to want to live with a greater sense of urgency. So I want to give a big shout out to Pastor Jonathan for doing such a great job on this whole series. We knew titling a series called How to Plan Your Funeral was a little bit risky. But we also knew that if we were to create that awareness of our own death, it would create more awareness of how we are living right now. And he did such a great job in just helping us understand, you know what, at the end, it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with our family and our friends. And did we love well? We're all gonna ask those questions at the end of our life as we're laying there wondering all these things in our mind. How did I, what did I do and how did I do it? And we're gonna ask those questions. What I wanna ask you to do in our time together, <clears throat> Oak Ridge, you're watching online here in Kernersville as our spiritual family, as we're all invested in this together. I just want to ask you to consider one more thing, one more thing. And I know you've got a lot on your mind and you're an extremely busy person and, and, uh, and, and high demand and a lot of things that you've got going on in your life. But I just want to ask you to consider one more thing, and that is living with a sense of urgency. It's living with a sense of urgency. I feel like if Jesus could just 
come right here and speak to us in bodily form, physical form. He would say, guys, I want you to live with more urgency and a greater sense of focus about your life. So the definition of urgency is this. It is to give immediate attention to, immediate attention to, not casual attention to, not when you feel like giving attention to, or not when you feel like it's going to be okay for you and everybody else around you and you've got some extra time and you've crossed everything off, then give it attention. No, 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 no. It's give immediate attention to, because here's what I believe. I think if we live a more focused life, a more focused life, we will be much, much prouder of the life that we live. So, but here's what I also know. We struggle to live with urgency, okay? We struggle to live with urgency for a lot of different reasons, especially in regards to our faith. And here's one of the reasons why we struggle. Sometimes we view our faith as optional rather than foundational. If you're like me in the way that I grew up, faith was kind of optional. It wasn't really foundational. It was our parents took us to church and they made, it, they made it like it was important to them, but I didn't understand it was foundational. I treated it like it was an elective in school. And little did I know, no, 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 this is a main course in my life. And when I began to understand, no, 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 my faith in Jesus isn't optional, it's foundational, things began to change for me. But that was a struggle for me for years. I'm sure it may have been for you too. Another way we struggle to live with a sense of urgency is we're on a happiness quest. Even as a Christ follower, we can be on a happiness quest. And if this relationship doesn't make me happy, guess what? I'll find a new one. This marriage doesn't make me happy. Guess what? I'll find a new one. This career doesn't make me happy. Guess what? I'll find a new one. These kids don't make me happy. Guess what? I'll find some new ones. Just kidding. I love my kids and y'all are watching, I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe they, they won't now. I don't know. We'll see. But a lot of us are on a happiness quest where it's like, is this going to make me happy? Great. If it's not going to make me happy, I'm not going to do it. And you know what? There's some things that God wants to bring into our life that may not necessarily make us happy, but they're good for us. So that's a struggle. What's next? <clears throat> we just avoid it. We avoid urgency because it's, we're too tired and it's too heavy. It's just too heavy. Eric, I got way too much going on right now. I'm trying to balance too many things. Living with a sense of urgency and focus about my faith, that sounds nice, but I'm too tired and I just feel too heavy right now. I can't really give a lot of thought to that. Another one is this, we just feel stuck. Have you ever felt stuck in life? Stuck somewhere, you don't see a way out. You're starting to feel hopeless. You're starting to feel like nothing's going to change and you're watching everybody else what feels like pass you by. I want to encourage you. <clears throat> it's been said that every miracle Jesus did was as a result of a problem somebody was experiencing. And if you feel stuck and you feel like there's a problem going on in your life, you are a great candidate for God to do a miracle in your life. That's good news. And finally, one of the reasons we struggle to live with a sense of urgency is the, our pace of life. Some of us are living so fast. We are living so fast. It is hurting our soul. We are doing too much. We're going too many places. We're spending and buying too much. We are so busy. We are hurting our soul. And it's keeping us from putting some things in focus in our life. And here's the other thing I want to say. 
not only has this been a struggle, but it's, I've felt these struggles too, but there's problems that not living with a sense of urgency creates in our life too. There are problems it creates. And I don't know if you're like me, but when I begin to hear somebody say, Eric, if you don't do this, it's gonna create more problems. Eric, when if, you know, your car's got this situation going on. If you don't deal with it now, the problems you're gonna have to deal with here in three to six months are gonna be much worse, right? You ever felt that conversation at a local garage that you go to? Well, if you don't live with a sense of urgency about your faith, there's some problems it's gonna create in your life. One of the biggest problems that'll create for all of us is this, squirrel mode. How many of you have ever felt like you're living in squirrel mode? You are constantly responding and reacting to what everybody wants you to do in your life. You are constantly responding and you know what it's like to be driving down the road and you see a squirrel, right? And you don't want to hit the, the, the animal. You just don't. And you're praying that it's just going to like, dink, 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 like get out of the way, right? And you just see them. They just can't. They're just responding. They're just reacting. God wants us to not live in squirrel mode. Yes, some of the responsibilities that we have in our life require a lot of back and forth, but for the most part, he wants, hey, don't just live in a reactionary way. I want you to live proactively. I want you to decide. You have a brain. You can decide what's important to you and then align your priorities that way. You can do this. It's a squirrel mode. This is a problem it creates. The second problem it creates when we don't live with a sense of urgency or focus about our life, we've wasted time. How many of you have been in a relationship before and you go, oh my goodness, I wasted three years of my life. Or you were in a job and it just, I wasted two years of my life. Or I, you did, and you just, oh, if I could just have that time back. We feel that, oh, I wasted time because I did not live with a sense of urgency and focus and we can't get time back. That's what's so hard about wasted time. We can make more money. We can't get time back. And that's what is so frustrating about this. That's a problem that not living with focus can create. And then finally, one of the biggest problems that we have to deal with when we don't live with a sense of urgency and focus is we have missed opportunities for influence in our life. We have missed opportunities for influence in our life. When we don't live with focus and urgency, we just don't, we, we, we miss opportunity. It arrives and, and we don't see it. We're not aware of it. We're not paying attention to it. And then it's gone. And you and I both know some opportunities only come around once. Once they do. And so we don't want you to miss opportunity. We don't want you to waste time. And we certainly don't want you to live in squirrel mode. So what would God say when it comes to living with a sense of urgency and focus about our life. Because of anybody, Jesus wants us to live with focus and urgency. So there is a man who lived uh, in the Old Testament and his name is David. David uh, killed Goliath. David became the king of Israel, very famous. He wrote a lot of the book of Psalms. It's the book in the very center of the Bible. The book of Psalms was the hymn book of the Old Testament. And David wrote some words there. These words were written about a thousand years before Jesus came to earth in bodily form there. 
And uh, David wrote these words. And as I was thinking and praying about the scripture to use that would really kind of encapsulate the point that I wanted to make this weekend, this was the scripture I felt like God was bringing to my mind. And I love, love, love the scripture. So here we go. David says, Lord, remind me, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. Now, now notice he says, remind twice, twice. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. Look at this next verse. He says, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime, entire lifetime is just a moment, a moment to you. And at best, each of us is but a breath. Now, I want you to entertain me just for a second. If you're at Oak Ridge, Kernersville, if you're watching online, I want you to just take your hand and I, would, I want you to put it in front of your mouth, okay? And we're all gonna do this together. This is the all skate. Here we go. I just want you to go. That's your life. That's my life. That's how short our life is. And as I was thinking this week, I was asking the question, why would David ask God for him to do this? Why would David ask God to remind him? And to me, I think it's all about perspective. It's all about having the right perspective because here's what I know. Our lives are like a whirlwind, okay? A lot, and, and it really can be a really good whirlwind. You've got, you get up and you go to work. And, and you've got a staff that you work, work, uh, work with that's part of your whirlwind. And you've got children that you get ready for and get them off to school or daycare that's part of your whirlwind. And some of you may have an evening job that's part of your whirlwind. And some of you have family that you look after and you care for that's part of your whirlwind. And some of you have ball clubs and, and sports that your children are involved in that's part of your whirlwind. And some of you have exercise classes that you go to that's part of your whirlwind. And some of you have education that you're pursuing that's part of your whirlwind. And some of your children have practices and you're getting them here and there. And some of you have friends that you connect with as part of We all have this whirlwind going on in our life. And a lot of it's good and super responsible stuff that we need to be doing. However, what I've felt and what I've noticed in the past, and you probably felt this too, is sometimes our whirlwind can lull us to sleep thinking this is all there is. And then if you're like me, sometimes I'll end up going to somebody's funeral for somebody that I love and all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm contemplating my own life and I'm going, this is the first time I've stopped in three years to think about my life because I'm so busy. The Bible mentions the word remember 231 times. And I think there's a reason for that. When we remember, when we have perspective, it shifts our focus and we live differently. So how does God remind us that our time is limited? I think he has some very specific ways he does this. <clears throat> God uh, reminds us that, that our uh, time on earth is limited when we see trouble. Next time you see something horrendous on the news, or you hear about it on social media, or you're, you, know, you're, you get it from you know, wherever you get your news source. After we take a minute to say a prayer 
and, and grieve and just go, oh gosh, not something else. After you take a minute to do that, I want you to let this thought hit you, okay? This is not our home. This place is not our home for the Christian. Peter says that we are citizens of heaven, okay? This is not our home. So when you feel trouble, when you see trouble, when you see evil, let it remind you that God will bring justice, but this is not our home. So one way that God constantly reminds us is uh, we have other plans coming is the trouble that we see in the world. The other way we feel that God tells us that our time is limited on earth is we feel pain. <laughs> we feel physical pain. We feel emotional pain. We feel mental health pain. When you feel these things in your life, just recognize one day God's going to give me a new body. I mean, do you remember Jesus's body after he died on the cross and rose from the grave? The dude started walking through walls, right? I mean, imagine what our glorious bodies are going to be like one day. So when you feel pain, just recognize that, hey, my, my body is fragile, but I'm going to get a new one one day. And that's good news. And finally, one way God reminds us that our time is, is limited is creation. When you see something beautiful in the world, let it remind you of the Apostle Paul's words where he said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So here's my main point. Here's my main point. Urgency causes focus. Urgency causes focus. And when we're reminded that our life is short, when God reminds us when we see things on the news and when we feel pain or when we see something beautiful or when God has his own way of reminding us that, hey, your, your life is short. Don't take it for granted. It causes us to focus. So in honor of the fall season, and I love the fall, in honor of the fall season and helping us all live with a little bit uh, more urgency, I want you to write down four questions I'm getting ready to ask you. Okay. I want you to write down these four questions and I want you to be honest with yourself one day this week, get alone for 30 minutes, get alone for 30 minutes. And I want you to be honest with yourself. And now we all pose and we all tell each other, everything's great. And we're all and that's just a social nuances. We don't just spill all of our beans whenever somebody else says how we're doing. I get that. But I want you to be, if, if you can be honest with anybody, be honest with yourself. So I want you to answer these four questions by yourself at some point this week. Take a lunch by yourself, grab some coffee, just sit down. And I want you to write out these four questions right now. And I want you to reflect on them this week. First question, here we go. As one season ends and another begins, what am I noticing? Don't just blow through this season as it's coming to an end and going into a new season. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put the brakes on. As one season ends and another begins, what am I noticing? Let me give you an example. I've got a great friend who's a pastor. I love him so much. He loves what he does. He said, Eric, and we were having coffee. They said, Eric, I'm noticing that I love flying to Mexico and helping build houses for people that don't have them. That's a knob that, that God is dialing up in his life. What's a knob that God is dialing up in your life and maybe one that he's dialing down? 
You used to have a desire for something. Now that desire is changing. See, football isn't the only game where we need a halftime. Some of us need to really, really just take a moment, make some adjustments, adjustments evaluate our choices and go, what, am I, what, what do I want my life to look like in this season? What do I need to let go of? Henry Cloud wrote a great book called Necessary Endings. And he asked this question, what is in my life today that doesn't fit my tomorrow? <laughs> I'm not talking about your marriage. You know, let's just kind of leave that, leave that out of it. But all the other things, what is in my life today that just doesn't fit my tomorrow? As one season ends, another begins. What am I noticing about me, my family, my desires, my interests, direction? Be honest with yourself. Second question. As the time changes, when will I decide it's time to change? As the time changes, when will I decide that it's, that it's time to change? What else has to happen in your life for you to understand it's time to make some changes? If you're like me, sometimes I look at my hurts, my habits, and my hangups and go, God, yeah, I, I feel like it's time. I feel like I've been holding on to that for a little bit too long. And it's time for you to start working on me in that area of my life. And it's become such a habit or such a hang up or a, an issue that I, I just, I need to give it over to you, right? As the time changes, when will I decide it's time to change? John Maxwell said a great quote recently. He said, most people are not leading the life they want. They have accepted a life that they have. I want to read that again. Most people are not leading the life they want. They have accepted a life they have. What have you accepted? Why are you accepting that? Who told you you should accept that? And why did you believe it? God has a greater vision for your life. He has greater plans for your life. And the only way for you to step out and begin realizing some of those is you have to start questioning your assumptions. You have to start questioning the assumptions that you are making in your life because some of them are not true. Most people are not leading the life they want. They have accepted a life that they have. Third question. As it's getting colder, <clears throat> is my heart growing warmer? As it's getting colder, is my heart growing warmer? This was a tough one for me over the last few years. I feel like God revealed some things in my life that, um, really needed to be worked on. I really feel like he kind of reached inside of me during some seasons that I never thought I would go through. And he would say, Eric, I love you. And I felt like I heard him say, I'm proud of what you're doing. But he said, the temperature of your heart though, it's not where it needs to be. You don't really love people that much. You're just trying to get them to do something all the time. And I want you to learn how to love people. And here's what God taught me. And I think this is what displays a, a warmer heart is <clears throat> being present with the people that are in your life. 
It's being present with the people that are in your life. Research tells us that we're only present in our life 50% of the time. 25% of the time, we are frustrated and distressed about the past. And 25% of the time, we are nervous and anxious about the future. So isn't it any wonder when we're in conversations with people, we can't really focus because we got regrets about the past, we got anxiety about the future, and we're trying to listen to what this person is saying that we claim we love. And God just pressed it upon my heart. I've got to work on being more present with people. And here's what being present means. And this is my definition, and you're welcome to use it. But being present is when you listen to the people you say you love. Listening equals love. When you listen to the people in your life and you're not trying to throw excuses and logic at them and argue them out of something. No, 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 no. Just listen. Ask them open-ended questions and then just listen. There's an old phrase in the business world that says, when we, under, when we feel understood, we buy. When it comes to being a Christ follower and loving our family well, when we listen to them, they feel loved. And if you're saying, God, I want to be a more loving person. I want my heart to be warmer. Practice listening. We have two ears, one mouth for a reason. Practice listening. Being present is all about recognizing. Jesus said, guys, listen, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Being present is being able to say, I'm going to take today, God. I have no control over tomorrow. I don't even have tomorrow. I don't know if I'll live to tomorrow. All I have is right now. I'm not saying we don't plan and I'm not, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to our relationships with God and with the people he's put in our life, how am I being present? How am I listening? How are they feeling like my heart is growing warmer? Okay. Fourth question and last question. When God's winds of change blow, how can I remain strong? When God's winds of change blow, how can I remain strong? If you watch, if you're driving around right now, and especially in the Southeast, you see all the leaves are starting to blow off the trees. And God's winds of change are gonna blow into your life too. And God's gonna blow some things into your life. You're like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't think that would blow into my life, but here we are and here we go. And then sometimes God's winds of change are gonna blow into your life and it's gonna feel like you're sitting in the Caribbean on a nice chair, staring out at the water and a warm breeze just hits you in the face. You just don't know what God's winds of change are gonna look like, but I wanna tell you how to remain strong. I wanna give you a secret. And I hope and I pray years from now, you're gonna forget my name, but I hope you never forget what I'm getting ready to tell you right now. And if you will do this, it's a game changer. Jesus has used this in my life and it's changed my life. Listen, routines create resilience. Your routines in your life create resilience, okay? Your routines in your life will create resilience when God's winds of change blow. 
I'll just be a little personal and I'll just tell you some of my routines that I do. And if I do these routines every day, I show up my best self. Here's my routines I do every day. <clears throat> I try to do them every day. I spend an hour with my wife from six to seven o'clock in the morning having coffee. She's my best friend. And uh, that's what our family revolves around is mine and her relationship. And she is so important to me. And that gives me time to solidify and communicate my relationship with her is number one. Well, number two next to Jesus. Second of all, I spend 20 minutes on my ride into work, filling my mind with scripture. So I'm showing up in the best headspace I can possible. I don't, I don't walk into work with a neutral headspace. I have, cause I'll go negative. I have to feed my mind scripture to be in the best headspace when I come in. And number three, I spend about 45 minutes to an hour every day just walking, just walking. And I've learned that those routines have created so much resilience in me because of the stuff I've been through over the last five years of my life. I came through it because of my relationship with God and these routines helped me stay resilient Okay, predictability creates stability. Some of you are frustrated in your life because you don't, you don't understand why you're frustrated and you're mad and you're upset and you're off kilter. Part of the reason why is you haven't developed some routines in your life that you consistently do that keep you strong during God's winds of change. We've got a program that we wanna invite you to and it's called Starting Point. It's gonna happen at this location and in Oak Ridge uh, in, in the next couple of weeks that we feel like it's gonna help you create some routines, spiritual routines in your life to give you some underpinnings so that when God's winds of change blow, you're gonna remain strong. So, spiritual family, my friends and family here, Oak Ridge and those of you watching online, is this, hey, one day, Eric, all this sounds nice, but one day I'll get to that. One day I'll cover that. One day I'll write that down. One day it'll land on my to-do list. And one day I'll figure it out. That's one approach. Or for some of you, here's where I feel like you are. I feel like it's day one. I feel like it's day one for you. You know it. I know it and it's time. And today is day one. So for you and your assignment for this week, I just want you to take those four questions and I want you to be honest with you and Jesus as you are reviewing those together. And as you are living with more urgency and focus, those questions will help you get more focus in your relationship with Jesus. I wanna pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so, so much for Jesus, for what he did on the cross for us, for paying for our sin, for being our best friend, for being our hope. And Jesus, for a lot in this room and a lot in Oak Ridge and a lot in those watching online, Father, we we just need more of a sense of urgency and focus in our life. 
Some of us are spending a lot of energy in squirrel mode, reacting to the things of life rather than sitting down and prioritizing what God do you want from my life? Thank you for the responsibility you've given me. Thank you for the family. Thank you for the job. Thank you for all those things. But God, at the end of the day, what do you want from my life? And that's what I pray for my friends under the sound of my voice today is that as we all take these questions and we wrestle with them this week, show us, God, how to take those steps into a more focused lifestyle with you. And we love you in Jesus' name we pray, amen.